0: With 13 days left until the start of the NFL draft, have the Carolina Panthers already made their mind up? Is Bryce Young the pick? I'll answer that question among others right here on this weekly Friday Mailbag edition of Locked on Panthers. You are Locked on Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the On Panthers podcast, a part of the On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me julian council on twitter at julian council where on fridays like today i answer your weekly friday mailbag questions participate in next week's edition of the weekly friday mailbag right here on locked on panthers either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise? Well, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. My listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps within the game store. Okay, we're back here again. For yet another edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Again, y'all, at me, DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. Get those questions in. Right now, taking the three best questions, but hoping to expand that to the top six questions moving forward. So we'll do three again this week, and then we'll look at what we have next week. But hoping to get, you know, two questions per segment moving forward. But the top three, top six questions that someone asks me every week, that y'all ask me every week, will be right here on the Weekly Friday Mailbag. As always, I'll try to answer any questions that I'll get to on the show if you DM me. So when you DM me and the question's not answered here, I always try to go back there and answer whatever question you have for me in my Twitter DMs at Council. Let's go ahead and get into this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Starting off with Ben. And God bless Ben. This man sent me a John Steinbeck-level novel the first time around last week. I told him, Ben, out of principle, I can't read all of that. I don't have the kind of time to be reading your 12-paragraph DM to me on Twitter, which is just insane stuff, but that's the passion that Ben has. That's the passion a lot of y'all have about the Carolina Panthers and what helps me do this show. So I do appreciate that. I asked Ben, hey, I need you to condense this a little bit. Still a little bit too long, but I get the gist of what he's trying to say, and I'm going to take a little bit of what he wrote to me and kind of summarize where we're going here as far as his question this week, is statement. It's not really a question because he really wanted to know what my thoughts are, but this is what Ben had to say um, this week. He said, I don't think it's off base to say that for a majority, not all, but a majority of scouts and analysts, as well as in the NFL circles, Bryce Young has long been considered the best overall quarterback in this draft, size concerns aside. Scott Fitter has also been vocally public, has been vocal publicly on more than one occasion about how special Bryce Young is. The same cannot be said for CJ Stroud or any of the other quarterbacks. Um, don't agree. Uh, Trading number one, they're obviously going to do their due diligence and fully evaluate all the quarterbacks. As Frank Reich said, it would be malpractice not to, but to me, it makes the most logical sense. Bryce Young was the guy that they were comfortable with at number one. I believe the evaluation process now serves to either confirm Bryce is the top guy or see if one of the other quarterbacks can surpass him. Now let's go back to Monday. My conversation here on the show with Matt Miller of ESPN.com, who was tipped off three hours before the trade was announced that the Carolina Panthers were going to trade up to number one Chicago and their plans were to go out there and draft CJ Stroud, the number one pick in the NFL draft. Now, Chris Mortensen said a week ago on NFL live or whatever show he was on, on ESPN, that the Panthers actually were always targeting Bryce Young to me. I feel more comfortable with what Matt Miller said, just based off of the size concerns of Bryce Young. And it made more sense. And all the mock drafts also projecting C.J. Stroud to Carolina. We can talk about the size of the quarterbacks in the past of Frank Reich, who, again, is not the only one making the decision. And probably is not even the most important voice in there. The most important voice in that room is going to be David Tepper because David Tepper is the man who signed off in them to move number one to give up a first-round pick next year to give away DJ Moore. David Tepper is going to get the guy that he's comfortable with. If Frank Reich's not comfortable with him, oh, well, you're coaching him. But this is going to be David Tepper's quarterback. Yes, Frank Reich, his opinion, his knowledge, and understanding of the position and having coached in the past and played in the past is important, but make no mistake, this is David Tepper's pick because David Tepper is tired of losing and he wants to get it right. So as far as that goes, I believe what Matt Miller said and what a lot of people have mocked, that C.J. Stroud was the guy that they originally wanted. But for whatever reason, over the last couple of weeks, since March 10th, when they traded up, it appears that Bryce Young is the favorite to come here to Carolina, both in Vegas with FanDuel and other sportsbook, but also just with the talk around the league, that appears to be the intel the Panthers are targeting Bryce Young with 13 days left to go until the 2023 NFL Draft in Kansas City. That could change. Now, as far as you saying you have not heard Scott Fitter say anything glowing about any of the other quarterback prospects, not true at all. If you go to Panthers.com, Darren Gant had an article a couple weeks ago when they were having their traveling circus and going to see all the pro days where he spoke to Scott Fitter about CJ Stride, and he said this, very likable, really knows football. It's not too big for him. He's very comfortable being in that environment and being in command. So that is Scott Fitter speaking glowingly about C.J. Stroud. We have heard Frank Reich talk about him. They have not gone out publicly and said great things about one quarterback prospect. They have said things about every single one of these guys that have all been positive. Even the concerns for a guy like Anthony Richardson, Frank Reich at the owners' meetings a couple weeks ago in Arizona was downplaying him, saying, hey, it's a concern, but I don't really think it's something that we can't fix. If you actually look at it, he's not that far off. So I do believe that they feel strongly about more than one quarterback. And what Scott Fitter was saying, and this was part of what Ben's message was about, hey, they moved up to number one, they had to have conviction. Scott Fitter said a couple weeks ago, they had conviction on multiple guys. There was not one player in this draft that made the most sense for the Carolina Panthers to move up to number one. They can move up there because they wanted to control the draft board. Now, I still believe that not a single one of these quarterbacks, just based off of what we've seen from them as a prospect, is truly worth the number one pick but they're going number one, one of them is, and okay, whatever, fine, that's what the Panthers wanted to do, they wanted control, they wanted options, because trading down is still an option to this day, so good for them, but I don't look at it as the Panthers wanted just one guy, maybe there's one guy that they were really looking at at first, who they felt like, all right, if we get him, that's probably our favorite right now, but we would be fine with Bryce, we would be fine with Will Levis, we would be fine with Anthony Richardson. More so, like, we actually really like these guys, speaking as the Panthers, when he decided to move up to number one Chicago. That and David Tepper also saying, get me a damn quarterback. I saw Cam breakdown. I saw people lie to themselves about Kyle Allen. The Will Greer charade that happened. I saw that. Teddy, no thanks. I told y'all after 14 games, get this man out of my city. Not really his city, but either way, get him out of town. Sam Darnold, that didn't work. Baker didn't work. Matt. Corral, false idol, none of that worked. David Tepper's saying, get me a quarterback. So I do believe, though, that they were going slowly about this process. That while they had conviction on more than one guy, they hadn't honed in on one guy when this process started. That they were going to do their due diligence like Frank Reich said, that it would be malpractice if they didn't. I feel like they've done that. They went to the pro days. They have had all four of the prospects four top 30 visits Monday they had Anthony Richardson Tuesday they had Bryce Young. on Thursday they had Will Levis and CJ Stroud. And they have talked to most of the all of these quarterbacks whether it's been dinner, pro days combine top 30 visits, they have done everything they can to watch them and Scott Fitterer, I believe he was in Knoxville a couple not a couple boy a couple months ago I and mean, I was gonna say a couple of years ago, but back in November whenever Tennessee played Kentucky and he got to see Hindenhooker. Hooker he got to see Will Levis. they have done their due diligence. And Scott Bitter also said this to Darren Gantt in that same article on Panthers.com. We all see it as far as the collective effort to watch, listen, and learn. Over the time period of evaluating his quarterbacks, we're all seeing the same thing at the same time. And we can go back and discuss tomorrow. Then we'll get to see these first three quarterbacks back to back to back. It's a really good assessment of each guy and we can talk about it. And at the end of this, we can sit down and kind of work through the hard decision-making process. You can never have enough information. You want to make the most informed decision. By doing that, you want to look at every option out there. Then you can feel really good that you've gone through the right process and your decision-making. The Carolina Panthers have done that. They have shown a plan. They have hired Frank Reich, a winning coach in the NFL. No matter what happened in Indianapolis, the quarterback carousel there – he won when he had a quarterback. He left with a winning record. He's widely respected throughout the league. David Tepper told him, go bring me the best coaching staff. Frank Reich did not hire a bunch of guys that worked for him before and a bunch of yes-man. He went out there and built the best coaching staff possible that he could here in Carolina. They went out there knowing in free agency after trading up in the draft to get a quarterback that they needed to find some pieces around them. They brought in DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Miles Sanders, Um, Hayden Hurst, they knew what they needed to do. They also know what what holes they need to fill on defense. They have had a plan. And throughout this process of evaluating these top four quarterbacks, they have had a plan on how they want to go about it. They have been methodical. They have been thorough. And they have traveled far and wide to make sure that they get every single morsel of knowledge and information they can so they can get the pick right. And I feel like, based on what we've seen and heard, the Carolina Panthers are in position to get the pick right. My hope is, though, that they have not made deci- They're up there, made up their mind right now, and that they're still going to take the next you know, at least 10, 11 days leading up to the draft. We still have 13, but it take the next 10, 11 days to really hone in, and focus on who is their guy, and look at the options if they want to trade back to number two and get some of those draft picks back. Now, speaking of draft picks, one of you guys does have a question about the Panthers potentially trading back into the first round to get a wide receiver. Is that possible? I don't know. But I do want to look at the overall amount of draft picks they have here in 2023 and 24 and see if that's even an option for the Carolina Panthers. So we'll get back to the weekly Friday mailbag right here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and if you've ever thought that you'd make a good not good, but a great general manager, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build an historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise behind the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, players has personnel issues and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Patriots listeners, meaning you. Get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, to visit ultimate-gm.com. Or look it up in the App Store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. All right, let's get back into it here on the Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked On Panthers, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Get your questions, or I guess, you know, in Ben's uh, uh, perspective, get your uh, comments in and then have me respond to them. But please, you know, keep it brief. Brevity is always key. I do not need 13-paragraph DMs. To my Twitter account. I'm not going to read it. I'm not even going to read five paragraph. Send me one or two graphs. Really keep it as brief as possible and I will answer your question. So just keep that in mind. Ben, talking to you and anybody else because there's been plenty of people who've done the exact same thing in the past, but get those questions in. I do appreciate anything that's well thought out because Ben clearly thought about this for a very long time and I'm happy about that because that's what I'm looking for. Any well thought out comment, or suggestion, or question, that's what I'm wanting here on the mailbag. So, thank you, Ben, for your uh, participation. <laughs> okay, over to Levi, who asked, could you see the Panthers trading back into the first round this year or next for their favorite receiver? Possibly Jackson, Smith, and Jigba out of Ohio State to pair with Stroud. And do they have the draft capital to do this in this year? Or, wait, oh, okay. back up. And do they have the draft capital to do it this year, in your opinion? Okay, I can read. So he's asking, could the Panthers trade back in the first round this year or next for their favorite receiver, possibly this year, Jackson Smith and Jigba, to pair with C.J. Stroud. Now, the funny thing about this, when he originally texted me, not texted me, but DM me, he said, I got a new one for you. Not necessarily a new question. Like three people asked this a couple weeks ago. Should the Panthers, like, pair whatever quarterback they get? with their favorite receiver from that college. I had another person ask me this week, should the Panthers take Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama, transfer by way of Georgia Tech at 39? I love Jameer Gibbs, would love that. But what you're doing is you're just trying to get a former college player and see if, hey, they have chemistry, so that's going to help them succeed. Well, they've already gone out there and brought in Miles Sanders, so that wouldn't make a ton of sense, especially in the second round. The Panthers aren't going to be in range to get Jackson Smith and Jacob unless they move up. And you look at Will Levis, who's his top wide receiver. I think he would be Wando Robinson, who plays for the Giants. And then with Anthony Richardson, he didn't even have one. So I understand what people are trying to say. Oh, it would be great if you could, like, link him up. And I look at what's gone on in Cincinnati with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and all that, but the Bengals also have to suck – to even be in position, to get Jamar Chase. And it's fortunate that Jamar Chase is one of the best players in the NFL. Like, if we're getting a Jamar Chase, then absolutely. But if you're just getting a guy who played with the former quarterback just to be on the team because they know each other, then that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the best players to put around this quarterback. And I do think Jackson Smith and Jigbo, whether it's Stroud or Young or Richardson or Levis, would be a really good player. Now, the problem is capital. The Carolina Panthers no longer – own that second second round pick, 61, this year's draft. They no longer own a first round pick in next year's. They no longer own the second round pick in 2025. And, of course, DJ Moore is no longer here in Carolina. The picks that they have this year are, of course, the number one overall pick, which is going to go to a quarterback. Then after that, they're in a the second round at 39, which we've talked about ad nauseum. Third round at 93. Fourth round at 114 and 132. And the fifth round at 145. Now, it's not just those... Assets because you're looking at five picks that you could potentially try to move around. Now, Scott Fitter has already gone out there and said, when deciding not to give up that 39th overall pick, when the Bears say, Hey, we really want that pick, he's like, No, 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 you can have 61. We got that from San Francisco in the McCaffrey trade. We really want to be there at 39. He said, We did not want to have a big gap in there. We thought the sweet spot in this class is somewhere between 20 and 45, just really good value in there. At 61, that's a heck of a fall, and you're going to watch a lot of good players go off the board. He did not want that. Go back to even a couple years ago when they traded for Sam Darnold They had that massive gap from the first round until I believe it was the third round where the Carolina, maybe they didn't even have a day two pick, but they had a massive gap there. And you saw Scott Footer, you know, trade back and trade up and be able to find a way to get more assets. I could see him potentially trying to do that to maybe add more players. But I don't know if he wants to get into the first round and get a player like Smith and Jigbo when this is a pretty light wide receiver class. They could wait till next year, maybe get some value there in a second round. And when he says that the sweet spot of the draft is between 20 and 45, he's pretty much telling you that we're good at 39. We're going to get a really good player at 39, whether it's a wide receiver or an edge rusher or a corner. He's confident and the Panthers are confident that they don't need to move up in order to make that happen. Now, say that they wanted to move up. What kind of ammunition do they have? Well, that third rounder at 93, that is San Francisco's pick. Now, it's a little bit later in the third round, of course, because the 49ers went to the NFC title game, and they're always good. Um, but that's a, that's a pick that people could be interested in if the Panthers wanted to move up. You look at next year, the Panthers own their second rounder and their third rounder. Possibly would they be willing to part ways? I have a hard time believing that because, remember – He didn't want to have that big gap this year. He didn't like the idea of how big of a gap they had in 2021. That's why he was maneuvering all across the draft board. I don't know if Scott Bitter, who's already given up a first-rounder next season and has a second-rounder given up in 2025, and, of course, a player, I don't know if they want to have no picks in the first and second round, especially when you don't know how good of a football team they're going to be this upcoming season. Could they compete for the NFC South? Sure. Are they going to compete for a Super Bowl? Probably not. Don't want to say no, but unlikely. If that's the case and you're coming off of maybe a division title or a wild card appearance, you don't want to be giving up potential assets up there early in the draft in the second round. That could help get make your team better, especially when you don't have a first-round pick. I don't look at really any of these players – especially a wide receiver, as someone that the Panthers must go out there and get. Like, there's no bona fide top five Jamar Chase type of dude in this draft class. Knowing that, I don't think the Panthers need to move up in the first round. Now, if you can get someone at 39, which I'd still like, like a Hyatt or Downs, do that. But let them come to you. The Panthers don't need to move up in order to go find a good player. Scott has already told you that. Sweet spot. Between 20 and 45, good thing the Panthers sit right there at 39. All right. I'll take a quick pause and come back and answer the final question on this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on locked on Panthers. All right, let's get into it. One final question this week on the weekly Friday mailbag right here on locked on Panthers, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian council. Get in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, trying to take the top three to six questions every week. So go ahead, send them in, get them in here. And, uh, Let's do it. All right, Eric now. He says the draft is still – with the draft still being two weeks away and no quarterback being the clear pick, I want to look at the current roster. Okay, a non-draft question. When you think of Panthers greats, you think of Cam, Luke, Smith, Jr. You mean senior. (laughs) And Olsen, come to mind, is there – any? maybe Steve Smith Jr. will be a a great player for the Panthers one day. And Olsen, come to mind, is there anyone currently on the roster that you believe can join that list of all-time greats or someone within the next three years you expect to make that jump? Well, there's a player I think has already made that leap. It's Brian Burns coming off of two straight Pro Bowl appearances, a guy who's about to get paid here in a couple of weeks, a guy that the Panthers decided to not trade for two first-round picks. Brian Burns is who they want to build around, not just like offensively or defensively or special teams. like They want to build this organization around this player. When you have a premier edge rusher who's as young as he is and is cheap right now, I know it's going to be like $16 million, we'll see how things might change cap-wise and salary-wise if they do indeed extend them, which it seems like that's something they're going to want to do here following the draft in a couple weeks. Brian Burns is that dude, man. And first year having double-digit sacks, that's kind of the expectation moving forward, which I know it's asking a lot, but what he's been able to do and the potential that he's shown and also the leadership that he's shown within that locker room, that's a guy you want to invest in. And that's someone that you want to be one of the faces of your franchise. And you think about Greg, his leadership, Cam, of course, Luke, Steve Smith Sr., all those guys went out there and played their tail off show their talent and the Panthers invested in them in the right way. Brian Burns is that guy. And when he gets paid, you can go ahead, you can't put him on the list already because he's still got to do some more. Like the team has to achieve something. So we've seen Steve Smith go to a Super Bowl. We saw Cam and Luke and Greg go to a Super Bowl and win games in the playoffs. We saw the game in Chicago with Steve Smith. we saw even Cam and O losing ever against New Orleans drag that team to have an opportunity. If Devin Funches could just adjust to the ball or if Kalen Clay could just catch the ball or Graham, Gano could just make a field goal. They win that game. Those guys are fantastic. And they personified keep pounding and everything that this organization is about. Brian Burns is that we just need the team to achieve while he's still here. But even as an individual, I do think that one day he'll be there. Jeremy Chin, I would say he's on his way as well. The last season dealt with injuries, but his first two years, the only guys in the Carolina Panthers franchise history to have 100 tackles in their first two seasons, Luke Keekley who's going to be a first bout Hall of Famer, and John Beeson, who's pretty doggone good when he was here in Carolina in his own right. And Chin did that as a linebacker one year and as a safety the next year. And I imagine this year in this new scheme, and I can't wait to see what's going to look like. And Jeremy Chin's already fired up. I saw Pro Football Talk. I don't know who. I don't know if he was talking to them or somebody else, but I just saw it was aggregated up there that he was really excited about being in this defense, being able, being able to be closer to the line of scrimmage. I can see him getting right back there, healthy in 2023, back over 100, 100 tackles—not 100,000, but 100 tackles this upcoming season. And if he continues to do that, and the Panthers are going to have to pay him as well, probably next off season, he's going to be somebody that you're going to want to have as one of your faces of the franchise. And when David Tepper took over and you saw – and when he got rid of Matt, uh, Ron Rivera and he brought in Matt Rule, I was kind of calling this like a rebranding. They're going to change some things up. Now, I didn't love the whole the brand and the, and the way of the Panther and all that nonsense that Matt Rule brought here. Keep Pounding is the brand and has always been that. And you saw Steve Wilkes when he took over was bringing back that mentality. Now, he's not still here. The Panthers – I hope David Tepper's learned that – that is important, and that is the ethos of this organization, of this city, and of everybody who's come in and out of those doors here in Carolina since Sam Mills. So, I hope they understand that. But I look at Brian Burns, I look at Jeremy Chenning as guys who get it and who are also fantastic players. And all of them right now for me are really offensive dudes uh, or defensive guys. Like J.C. Horn, he didn't be healthy, but he has the potential to be that. Same thing with Derrick Brown. Like all four of those players are who you're hoping you can have for at least the next four or five years and start winning games with. Because if they go on a run starting this season, or even if it's in 2024, where they're consistently a playoff team and they're the first team to ever have backpack winning seasons, you're going to start looking at them in the same light as a Cam, as a Luke, as a Steve Smith, and as a Greg Olson. You're going to look at them like that, but they got to win. And offensively, you can look at a guy like Iki Aquan, I mean, Taylor Moten, the quiet leadership of really good players, Now you don't really look at offensive linemen as being those dudes like, oh, man, just love that dude. I, you, you might, you might, but I don't know if that's really what gets you like super fired up. Like Jordan Gross, he's in the Hall of Honor for a reason, was a really good player. I don't know if they kind of have the same cachet, as uh, Brian Burns or Jeremy Chin is going out there making plays. And really I've always looked at our franchise as being more of like a defensive franchise of all the players that have come through like Pep, And of course, some of the guys that I've already mentioned before, um, like Luke Keekley and Mike Menner, I just Brinson Bucker Buckner, um, Chris Jenkins, all, all those dudes, Dan Morgan. It's always been some great defensive players, Thomas Davis here in Carolina. And they have that now, like we're kind of back to that DNA It's just finding that franchise quarterback who can also be added to the list of Panthers greats. So, yeah, I see guys on this roster that can be that one day. Eric, they just got to win because if they win, people will love them. If they lose, well, we've already seen how people behave when that happens. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag here on Locked on Panthers, hosted by yours truly. Julian Council. We are a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast and follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'll be back again on Friday, answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions in. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding and I'll talk to y'all on Monday.